The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn presents... Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage, Wall Street alum, top WBE CEO. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hi, D. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly, a working mother. And Mita and I, we started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in the workplace. From my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And at our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy detail out. And if you have been following the show, the podcast, then you know that is hashtag facts. And then we provide you with tips you need on not just how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations, in your job, in your workplace. So Mita, what are we talking about today? Dee, it's another hot topic. I feel like every topic is a hot topic, if you've been listening. They're all hot topics, but this one I could really use your help with. And I think many of our listeners could. It is what to do when you are mistaken for the other brown woman. And I know I am not alone in this story. My story is all of our stories. And so we're going to unpack it all. We're going to share the stories. And then we're going to leave tips at the end. As As Dee said, these tips are not just for women of color. They're also for allies. So pull up allies because we need you to show up for us in the in our workplaces. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I know you have stories. In fact, I remember you online somewhere and coming over to text, like, would you believe? (laughs) So why don't you share a story? Yeah, I'm going to share a story. And you know, what I want to say is we always joke, we have stories for days, but here's the thing. You and I are not special. Well, our mothers think we're special. We are special, but we're not special in the sense that like, I didn't make these stories up. These stories have all happened to me. They've happened to you. They've happened to so many women of color we know. And that's what I also want allies to understand, that these aren't exaggerations, right? Because I'm a writer and I'm a creative, right? So people may be like, oh, Mita has stories. No, these are all things that have happened to us and they're not unique, right? And so that's why we started this podcast. But let's bring it back in. So the story I want to share with you is once upon a time, I was working on a team and I was working, let's say, in a division. So a division, let's identify it as a number of teams. So it's like 20, 30 people. And it was myself and another woman. We were the only two brown women, the only two South Asian women in this division. And because I haven't asked my friend, I won't say her name, I will call her Shilpa. Shilpa and I, both brown women, looked nothing alike. I am five one and a half. For those of you who have not met me in person, Shilpa was like five seven, short hair. I have long hair. Nothing about us looked similar. Nothing. Not even in terms of mannerisms. Yet every time I'd walk into a room, it would be like, hey, Shilpa. Every time she would walk into a room, it would be like, hey, Mita. 
We would get invited to the wrong meetings. We would get addressed incorrectly in emails. And it was constantly like, please don't mistake me for the other brown woman. Why am I Shopa? And you know what's interesting, Dee, as I reflect back on this, there were a number of white women we worked with. No one ever mistook them for each other. And also the fact that like it became like a joke. It became the running joke in the division. That like, oh, this is Shilpa, I mean Mita. Oh, this is Mita, Shilpa. It's like, no, this is not funny. Why is this funny? D, help me out here. It's painful to hear. But I think what I really appreciate is that our stories, your story, and even this story, right now, somebody's listening, an ally or, I mean, just anybody is listening right now, maybe not even identifying as an ally, and they've done this, right? And it's, and, and it is an issue of, why wouldn't the white woman, why wouldn't Becky be mistook for Sue or Karen, right? And it, it is just such an, um, it's a ridiculous thing. You know, I don't, I don't know other than to say, asking the question, why is it that you mistook me for or mistake me for just an Asian woman? Or why is it not important? that you know my name. Like, I don't know. I really don't know what to say. Now, I, I'll I've tell stumped you, you. I have stumped you again. You me. stumped me. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just, you know what? I think it's sometimes just being annoyed and frustrated and not always having an answer. I don't, I don't really yeah. have an answer. I don't really have a response beyond having, again, a conversation. I think conversations and then, and then allies, allies step in. And you know what? Here's the deal. If you are a people leader, you have a budget, you have a P&L, you have people leader and you can't learn people's names, you don't deserve to manage people. Okay. It's basic. This is 101. I will say there is an opportunity for self-awareness for leaders. Let me go there. Let me go there. So now, so for leaders, right, this is about your own work and your own reflection to say, what is it? Um, why is it that I'm wired in such a way, right? To ask yourself the hard question. So this is for our allies here. Ask yourself the hard question. Why is that? Why is it that I would mistake Mita for, or, or just any Asian or any woman of color, right? Um, why is that? And just really sit with that. What is it? And do do your own work, right? And this is beyond bias training, implicit. It, it is really beyond that. So what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, it's just exhausting to constantly have to defend yourself in the workplace and constantly have to speak up for yourself. Why is the burden constantly on women of color, right? Because what happens is every time I'm mistaken for someone else, I'm like, it's almost like, oh no, sorry, that's not me. I'm, you know, that's not, I'm Mita, not Shilpa. Like, it's almost like, I feel like I have to like, again, and it's a cultural piece, right? Where I'm trying to be hospitable and not make them feel uncomfortable, right? Right? Because I don't want the senior leader to feel uncomfortable that he called me Shilpa, yet I'm uncomfortable. But I'm trying to make him feel less uncomfortable. And so it's also just exhausting because I'm constantly having to correct people in that situation. But back to your point on what allies can do, it's like, why didn't someone just say, or when these things happen, don't call her by her name right? You talk about this a lot in the podcast, interrupt in the moment. So in that meeting, when someone continues to call me by the wrong name, because, and this isn't about like not being able to pronounce my name. This is because they confuse me with the other brown woman. Then somebody should, you know, person should just say, call, it's Mita. It's Mita. Let's just stop the meeting. It's Mita. And if you don't have the courage to do that in the moment, 
pull the person aside after the meeting. Allies, it's never too late to intervene. Yeah. You know, I will say this. My last name is confused for others. So I don't know if it's the same. I think I think you have a point. And here's also what's showing up for me. It's about lack of representation. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I believe in the mind of an individual who uh, confuses brown woman or Asian woman for the other is a problem of representation. They know that there is a lack thereof. There is few, there are few of you, few of us. And so in their mind, it's the one, or it is the, it's almost feels more tokenish or tokenism-ish, like we have in the organization, uh, two women of color, or we have, we, we do, and we know those two, or we know those few, and we just know that we have one, so we confuse the. So I just feel like there's that. I think at a deeper level, it's the lack of representation because there is only a small few that that happens. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I would add to that, it is putting people in boxes. You've just labeled me. I am, as you said, the only woman of color, the only brown woman in the division. I'm just in that box and there's someone else in that box. And it's laziness. You have no interest in getting to know me, right? Because if you knew anything about me, you wouldn't forget my name. If you knew that I had two young children or where I lived or what I like to do on the weekends or what my favorite color is, any one fact about me, then you would remember me. And so it's almost like you don't even care to get to know me because you've put me in the box and you've checked. And so exactly what you're saying, D, allies, listen up. This is leadership today. Like, this is leadership 101. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were FinTech developers. We'd been a FinTech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a FinTech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. I do have another story I have to share, Dee, which is probably equally appalling. So once upon a time again, these are all different companies too. So that's what's the interesting thing. These stories are not in one place in one time. They've been collected over the years. So this one is, I have been working my butt off 
this one week. I mean, I've been up all night working on this thing, late nights, early mornings. And the treat is somebody, a senior person invites me to a banquet dinner. We've bought a corporate table, this company. And it's actually one of those like, eh, I actually would rather just be home in bed eating ice cream, but fine. You asked me to come to this dinner. And the reason why my career sponsor asked me to come to this dinner now, go back to season one and listen to what we have to say about career sponsors. But my career sponsor asked me to come to this dinner because he says, there are people you're going to want to meet at this table. They're very senior. You should come. I come. I go. I sit. I'm sitting next to, for the purposes of our conversation, I will say a white man. And my career sponsor in particular wants me to meet this person. This person says to me, oh, we've met in Singapore. We, we met in the Singapore office. And I said to him, well, I, I've never been to Singapore, so that's not possible. I've, I've never in my life been to Singapore. No, no, we met in the Singapore office. We met. He's eating his salad. Remember, we met in that conference room. No, no, no we didn't meet. He's but buttering his bread. You know, we've met before. Now he's cutting a steak. He won't Shut let it go. He is convinced we have met. I have never been to Singapore in my life. I would love to go, but I have never been. And this entire time, he has confused me with a woman named, I'm going to say, Amisha. It is not me, but the entire... And so what was fascinating about this dinner is that there are other senior people sitting here watching this conversation happen. And no one says to the guy, just let it go. You've clearly never met her. And she's saying she's never met you. And all these people are watching this conversation unfold. And I finally left the dinner early. I was like, you know what? I got to go put my kids to bed. I'm, I'm leaving. You know what's even more appalling than him mistaking you for someone else is that his resistance to being wrong. Like, I'm not going to be wrong and I'm not going to be humiliated and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enforce this. Or it could be something else. Was something else on his mind? Although we give no passes here. I think this, ta this, uh, you know, this podcast is really to help all of us, right? So for allies here, while we could certainly, somebody wants to find it out right now. Somebody wants to say, oh, maybe something else was on his mind. No, but just the, in just insisting. How do you insist that yes, I did meet you and it was in another country and I've just told you no, clearly something else was happening there. But I, I think, again, this is for allies. This is for leaders. This is about your own self-awareness, own personal reflection about who you are as a person and who you are as a leader and the work that needs to be done anytime you are battling, you are in a dispute, you are in a conflict and you are insisting. What is that about? Is that about not wanting to be wrong or was it about, you know, a bit of embarrassment there? And that could have been it, right? It could have been, oh shit, she's right. I didn't meet her. And how do I get out of this? <laughs> but hey, the fact that you say between the Caesar salad and buttering the bread. <laughs> And cutting the steak. It went you on. You need to tell I left me it went off from Caesar salad. But it, wait, bread, Caesar, and the steak. steak. The privilege yeah. of it all. Uh, and I was like, I exactly. I was like, I have never been to Singapore. And I was kind about it the first time. I was annoyed, but I was kind. I, I knew it. When he was like, you know, big smile, eyes wide. Oh, yeah, we met in Singapore. I was like, oh, no. He thinks I'm somebody else. Mm, not me. What he could have said is, you know what? My apologies. My apologies. Exactly. And you could have ended it. You know, so for the allies here, for the folks here, my apologies or my bad. Make a joke of it. You know what? Oh, no, actually not. Don't make a joke of it. My apologies. Let's role play. 
do my steak. Let me, well, I'm actually not having steak because they don't eat red meat. So, okay. So me, let's start again. Mita, it's such a pleasure to meet you. And my apologies, my apologies. Tell me about, tell me about you. What do you, what do you do? What, tell me about, you know, what brings you here? That's all. That's all it would have been. But, but like, I, I also just want to bring this home. We talk about this a lot. What was everyone else doing as they were buttering their bread at this table? They were watching this. There were his peers sitting there, right? There was somebody else. There were two other people who were more junior to me at the table. And afterwards, one of them walked out at me and he walked out with me. And he was like, I just can't believe what unfolded. And I get the power dynamics. We talk about this, right? There are power, di- power dynamics at that table. Yet, there were at least three other individuals who, was, who were peers with this gentleman. And so that is what continuously upsets me is that these things are happening and I honestly don't expect the junior people to speak up. It's hard. I've been there, but I expect yeah. the leaders yeah. to step up. Yeah, they could have jumped in. Uh, they could have moved the conversation or asked me to, where are you? The, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? And then have a sidebar conversation with their peer. That's how that could have been managed a bit better. You drop gems in terms of how do you remember if there's a lack of representation? How do you remember folks? get to know them. Everyone is unique and different. And just as much as you'd spend time with, you know, your like group of friends, then, then take time. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know why this is also really important is that we are sitting, we keep saying, not the great resignation, the great awakening. These are the everyday aggressions and things that are happening to women of color in our workplaces. And so these are the things that add up. And people are saying, I want to be seen. I want to be valued. I want to be heard. I'm not going to be constantly mistaken for someone else. What does that do to someone's sense of self-confidence and self-worth? If every single time I show up, you can't get my, you, you don't know who I am. Forget you can't get my name right and pronounce it because that's another episode of what to do when someone mispronounces your name. I'm talking about, they, they think you're somebody else. They think you're somebody else. So you, you don't see any value in what I bring in particular. You're just putting me in a box with, back to your point, the fact that everybody right now is struggling and focused on diversity of representation. Yeah, yeah. But asking the question, why is there two? Why is there so few? That that should be flag number one. Why is it that in this business unit, we do have a lack of representation in terms of people of color, diverse background, unique differences? And so let me, let me start there. Let me fix that. Because there's a problem that there's just two. Okay, so that's one. For leaders, listening, for leaders, people leaders, uh, P&L, you, I'm always going back to the money. Look, if you're managing P&L, if you've got direct reports, if you are a people leader, this is your top priority. In terms of the great awakening, as Mita Mallet coined it, but the great resignation, you have to now um, shift. That is the future of work. It's care, uh, right? The care of souls in the workplace. This is really, really important or you're going to lose Businesses are losing right now. And I've shared this, right? The largest domestic emerging market is 51% people of color. So gone are the days of you have just representation or lack thereof or tokens, the token two, the token three, so much so that, you know, I know there's just two or three, so I don't really need to know their name. They know who I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. The last thing I'll add is, you know what also happens to me in social media? I get tagged a lot for the wrong person. Again, please don't mistake me for the other brown woman. It happens. It's happened to me on LinkedIn a few times. I'm like, "Eh, I don't think you're talking about me. (laughs) I think you're talking about somebody else, but I show kindness and grace. Listen, 
And I know we'll get to the tips. I'm not going to sit here on a throne and say, I have never made that mistake. I'm sure I have in my life. But I think to your point, it's the apology that matters the most and how you course correct and what you do next. But if you continue to do it, that's when you're like, no, game over. That's it. You know, we always get such amazing feedback. And um, so I can't wait to hear from our brown girls who have had this experience. I think it shows up different with Black women. Wow. All right. Well, now we get to the tips because, uh, you know, we started the show not just to share um, our stories as well as our our insight and uh, subject matter expertise on on in this area, because that's what we both do, Mita. Um, But we want to share some tips. Okay, so how do you handle this situation, whether or not it's between the Caesar salad, the steak, and the buttering the roll. <laughs> uh, now we're going to leave you with our three tips for what to do when you are mistaken or a case of mistaken identity. I will share tip number one sincerely apologize. Just apologize. This is for everyone here. Just say, you know what? My apologies. You do not have to defend because it could take you deeper. Just sincerely, my apologies. Why don't we start again? It's a pleasure to meet you, Mita. Tell me about you. And Mita, over to you. Why don't you give us uh, tip number two and three? So number two, get to know people. Genuinely get to know people. Because Dee and I talked about this. You will never mistake someone for someone else when you genuinely know someone. When you know something about their favorite restaurant, their favorite color, their favorite book, you will never. And so just get to know colleagues deeply. And number three, and this we can't say enough, stand up for each other. Allies, we need you there. We need you showing up. When you see Dee or me or someone in your workspace, in your workplaces, repeatedly being mistaken for another colleague, what are you doing? Why are you sitting there silently watching or laughing or just walking away? So please don't be the bystander who does nothing. And so that's all we have for today. Um, Thank you so much. Dee and I appreciate you. Thank you for being here with us at our brown table talk and if you liked our conversation please leave us a review please share with your communities and we will see you next time side effects of listening to brown table talk may include allies unleashed getting paid more and a dose of badassery all the way around more at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com